Welcome to the Principles of Success, Season 3, Episode whatever this episode is. I just realized I was doing the old style of introduction. Anyway, welcome to the Principles of Success. In today's episode, we are talking about inflation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, I know I promised that this episode would be about savings, and inflation was supposed to be covered much later in the season. However, since everybody's freaking out about inflation, and other reasons which we'll talk about here in a second, I decided to move this episode up. Uh, and the number one reason being that inflation, the official inflation number, has officially re reached double digits. And a good rule of thumb for the official inflation number is to double it. And that's probably more likely what the actual inflation number is. And you can look at it, almost everything is up at least 20%. And they're only saying inflation is up 10%. And the reason why putting this episode before the savings episodes is super important is because it changes the savings principle. The principle is still true. You need to save to become wealthy. Your wealth will always be income minus inspect uh, income minus expenses times multiplied over time equals your wealth. It doesn't matter if the expenses are skyrocketing because of inflation or not. You still have to have that differentiation of the number. The changes are the holding period of savings. So instead of holding on to your savings for an extended period of time, you need to use those savings quickly. That also means you can't do long-term big saving projects as much. You can, it just gets harder and harder as inflation keeps going up. So let's talk about inflation. But pause on that real quick. One of the cool things I just noticed is when I first started this podcast, I... Uh, the whole point of the podcast was to do basically improv public speaking, being able to speak into a microphone or an audience and talk about subjects without having to have a word-by-word -word script to read from. And to do that, I started by carefully planning the script, but just having bullet point words for it. And I just realized that for most of this season, the only preparation for it beyond the hours and hours and hours of studying this subject is deciding the outline for the entire season and the name of the episodes. So like this episode is on inflation. That's the only prep work I did for this episode was let's talk about inflation. So that's just kind of a cool little tidbit of my own personal growth from this podcast and is proving that the podcast experiment is working. So, inflation. Back to the actual subject at hand. What causes inflation? Well, there's quite a few things that cause inflation. And the left likes to point to some, and the right likes to point to others. And they all are contributors to inflation. So, let's talk about it. One, 
is supply chain issues. If you can't get supply, the demand requires that the price goes up. Another is printing most U.S. dollars in circulation, like the amount of money of U.S. dollars in the world, was printed in the last two years. That means that in the last two years, we have doubled the amount of U.S. dollars, which means, back to supply and demand, we have essentially halved the actual value of the U.S. dollar. Now, that will take a long time to catch up, and they also are withdrawing some of that money now. But when you double the amount of money, then the money becomes half as valuable. Another cause of inflation um, is pricing laws. So that's a big umbrella word. So essentially, um, minimum wage is included in this. Uh, rent pricing is included in this. Whenever the, it, whenever the market is controlled top-down, that, that causes inflation. That's why in like California, where they have a whole bunch of um, housing regulations, it is so impossible to live there because they've made it near impossible to build more housing that is profitable. Nobody's going to build a house to lose money on it. Nobody's going to build apartments to lose money on it. So they have um, rules that prevent setting the apartment cost to what it needs to be to make that venture profitable. And the reason why it has to be so high, it goes into the next one, which is regulations. When um, Basically, inflation is all government cost. So let's just put that out there real quick before we continue. All inflation is going to be government cost. So if you're pro-government, you're not going to like this episode too much. But back to it. So by adding regulations, making it more expensive to build the thing, the housing, then the housing, the rent has to be higher. But then when you make, when you cap how much the rent can be, you create a housing shortage, which then makes it impossible for people to find housing. So that's just an example of stacking of inflationary problems um, on the housing market. That's the main reason why there's such a big housing shortage in America. Another is because of 2008. Um, and yeah, sure, why not? Let's get into it. It's not really related, but in 2008, there was a whole bunch of governmental policies that led to a giant housing bubble and then crash, which we all know. Um, the problems that we are currently dealing with with housing shortage today is still a direct cause of that because when a bubble pops and everything crashes, there is suddenly a large supply of houses that are on the market and all of the construction companies are going out of business. So we didn't build houses for several years because there was just nobody could afford the houses that all went up for um, foreclosure. So there was just no profit in building houses for years. And because of that, we got set behind on the housing supply for now. Another reason is because lots of people are fleeing some of the heavily densely populated states and fleeing to the less populated states. And we won't go into the politi political reasons behind that in this episode. So that was an example of housing shortage. Let's talk about um, inflationary with minimum wage, which is a very hot topic. So lots of people are probably going to get mad at me for this one. But when you artificially increase the price of labor, everything goes up. When you double the amount it costs to produce something, 
the end product is going to cost more. Now, I'm not going to get into the politics of minimum wage itself. It's just an, another example of what causes inflation. But those are all not that important. The most important inflationary cause is something that the powers that be have been very careful to try and keep out of the public discussion as much as humanly possible. And that is the Federal Reserve. So first off, the Federal Reserve is not a government institution. It is a private bank that loans money to the federal government and to other banks. It is the central bank. It is the bank that is allowed to print the money. And we talked about it a little bit, at, I think, at the beginning of this season, where I talked about the book Exposed. So go back and listen to that book. There's also several YouTube videos on it that talks about how awful the Federal Reserve is. The reason why we do, the reason why we have such inflationary problems for the last hundred years is because we do not have money. We have a fiat currency backed by promises. So just to go quickly into the subject, the Federal Reserve prints money, loans it to the government. The U.S. dollar used to be backed by gold. Every dollar was worth one, I think it was one ounce of gold, I don't remember. Um, but it was, you got one dollar for one gold. Well, in 1913, the Federal Reserve was implemented. They couldn't wreak as much havoc as they do because the dollar was still backed by gold. But they still wreaked a lot of havoc over the next um, 50 years, I believe. 60 years? Math? 60-ish uh, years. And while they don't like to say it very often, the Federal Reserve is what caused the Great Depression. At least in part. Fast forward to 1970. We're dealing with hyperinflation, just like now. In fact, the inflation period now is as bad, if not worse, than the 70s inflation that you always hear about. You just haven't felt the full effects yet. It's coming, but it, you haven't felt it yet. So, 1970, they take it off of the gold standard, the US dollar off of the gold standard. We are officially no longer financially sound. It is all just promises of this piece of paper is worth X amount. And over the last hundred years, the U.S. dollar has lost 97% of its value, and that was before we faced the inflationary crisis right now. So those are all causes of inflation. Now, what are the pros of inflation? Well, if you are somebody with a whole lot of debt, including and especially uh, real estate debt or business debt, inflation is or several trillion dollars of national debt, inflation is great because you get to spend the money now, buy the property now, use the uh, money now to fund your projects now, and then hyperinflation halves the, what the money is worth, so you just repay it super easy. So for people who are heavily in debt, inflation's great. For the common man who has a house mortgage, the mortgage might go down, but inflationary periods also usually lead to recessions and job loss. So even though your mortgage value is going down, if you lose your job, you're screwed. But for the real estate tycoons, inflation's great because all of their mortgages go down and you, the tenant, still have to pay. 
and they can just increase the amount of rental pay. And I know almost all of you are feeling that right now. So inflation is a benefit to big government and big business. So they love inflation. They have to keep it under control somewhat. So that way you and I don't get pissed off and try and um, go and murder them. But they love inflation. So that is one of the reasons why real estate is such a good investment. Because it is inflationary benefited. It is also why being a... um, a self-employed person or a business owner is better than an employee because you can just raise your prices. And if it's something that's absolutely needed, then people are still going to pay. They might have to skip a meal or two to pay for it, but if it's absolutely necessary, they're still going to pay for it. And this is why inflation is the most evil of taxes. Inflation is a tax. Uh, If you want to hear more about hidden taxes, go listen to the book uh, book review that I did on How I Tax Thee. I believe it was last season that we did that one. And that's a great book that talks about how, because taxes are unpopular, politicians will try and steal all of your money through sneaky backdoor tactics. And by the way, almost all of your money is stolen by politicians. So go re-listen to that book review. So inflation is a very evil tax, and it impoverishes the masses at the benefit of the few. And I'm kind of in a weird cross between the two. So for some of my stuff, I'm benefiting from the inflation. I'm like, oh, cool. My assets are going up in value. But mostly, I'm like, ah, screw you guys. You're stealing all of my money. Next, let's talk about hiding inflation. So this is... Uh, There's a very specific word for it. I don't quite remember what the word is, but there's a very specific word for it. A prime example of this is downsizing. We'll use pop as an example. Uh, Let's say your Mountain Dew bottle is 18 ounces. It's not these days, but let's say it's 18 ounces for $3. Hidden inflation is where that Mountain Dew bottle still costs $3, but they changed the shape of the bottle so that way it looks roughly the same size, but now it's only 16 ounces. So you're getting two ounces less of soda for the exact same price. And this is across the board, especially in consumer items. Uh, Everything gets slowly shrunk so that way the price can stay the same, but you get less for it. And the one that's really ticking me off right now, I just barely found this one out, is that they are adding more ethanol to our gasoline. So ethanol itself isn't bad. The problem with ethanol is that it decreases the efficiency of it, which means you have to refuel more often. So by adding more ethanol to your gasoline percentage, then you have to fill up more often. And some of you might have already noticed this, that you're having to fill up more often and that you're getting less mileage to the gallon. For everyone else that listens to this podcast, it's um, liters, and I believe you want less liters per mile is how they measure it, but I don't quite remember. And speaking of for everyone else, the reason why you should care about America's inflationary problems is because America, the US dollar is the world reserve currency. So when America's dollar has inflationary problems, all of your currencies get a little wonky too. So back to the hiding inflation. 
That's one way they do it. They also, in the official inflation numbers, they like to ignore things like the price of gas, price of housing, and the price of food. You know, the kind of the three main expenses of your life, or three of the main expenses of your life. So all this, all of that part goes back to how to lie with statistics, which I believe we did a book review on that one as well. But they will try and hide inflation from you, so that way you don't feel it quite as much, all while siphoning out your, your money, so that way they can line their own pockets more. So what to do with inflationary problems? This is the actual most important part of the episode. That was all just explanatory that inflation sucks, which you already know. What to do with inflationary problems? Well, first off, I talked about it at the very beginning of the episode. You can't hoard your money. You have to you have to spend it because every minute that it's in your bank account it is slowly losing value. That we'll use the official number of 10%. Uh lack screw that. Let's do 12% so that way I can do it by month. Each month your money is losing 1% of its value. So, what that means is let's say you have $1000 in savings, each month that that sits there, they are taking $10 of it. That's why hyperinflation is really scary. And we're not quite there yet, but I do believe we are headed there. And hyperinflation is where it's not $10 they steal from you every month. It's $10 a day that they steal from you every month. So you can't just let your money sit there. So what you have to do, especially for success purposes, is invest in smaller projects. For instance, education. Uh, I've been meaning to take a cabinet making course just because I want to learn that and one of my business plans is a carpentry shop to finance for my brother and help him start that up um that's only a couple hundred bucks that doesn't take me too long to save up for then i spend it at the very beginning of the course so that way throughout the whole course i get the education and at the end of the course especially if hyperinflation hits that course might have been double what it was worth another one is um this one a lot of money guys don't talk about is food storage. If there's food that is shelf stable that you eat a lot of, buy a lot of it right now because that food will be worth more in the future. I think we talked about this on an episode where we talked about finding great deals on like toothpaste or something. But if something's on sale, or in this case, something's going to go drastically up in cost in the future, buy it now so that way you don't have to buy it at the higher price later. So for business people, this might be business equipment that you've been putting off buying. Buy it now. Basically, instead of saving for the future, save for immediate investments. So instead of saving to buy a piece of real estate property, you might be saving to take a educational course or buy a piece of equipment for your business. Smaller investments. Uh, and then the other part, which is the part I really don't like, is debt. Going into debt can be beneficial in inflationary periods. In fact, while I will hammer home how horrible debt is for almost all of you here in a few months, and you will see how bullish I am against debt, I am actually in debt right now. I've taken out a couple different loans to finance um, different investment projects. Not because debt is good, but because the debt percentage is less than the inflationary percentage. So I am borrowing 
let's say I'm borrowing a thousand bucks at 10% APR. That means they'll charge me 10% compounded. We won't do the compounding, but compounded over a year. So for simple inflate or simple interest, we'll just not bother compounding. But because it's compounded, it will be higher. A thousand dollars at 10% interest over the year would be uh, an extra hundred bucks. They charge me a hundred bucks per year. It'll be higher than that in actual terms, but they charge me at least a hundred bucks per year of me borrowing that thousand dollars. Well, if inflation is also 10%, they are charging me basically zero interest because the interest has to be higher than the inflation. So that's why you can get away with that. My loans, some of them are 0% because of a probationary period um, and then will be much higher later on, but I will pay them off long before that. So I can borrow the money now with the not discounted dollars and then pay it back here in a couple of months with slightly discounted dollars. So that's kind of what you do with inflation. You basically have to become, instead of a saver like I naturally am, you have to become a spender, but you have to spend on investments. Spenders get screwed royally uh, in inflationary periods because they're usually in debt and it's all personal debt. So they don't benefit from that at all. And just to hammer this last point home real quick, under normal circumstances, I am uncomfortable if I have less than $10,000 in the bank account. I feel vulnerable. That's just my personal number. Uh, I think part of that has to do with um, how poor I was growing up. $10,000 was just a ridiculous amount of money. I have less than $1,000 in my bank account at this current moment because of inflationary policies that have been put in place to cause this crisis that we are all dealing with and are all feeling the pinch of. So that is today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Next week, we are going to start talking about saving and all of the importance of saving to build wealth and how important of a principle it is to building wealth. It just has to sometimes have an asterisk next to it of you can only save long term when the financial currency that you are dealing with, which none of us have stable financial um, actual money in any of the countries that you are, might be listening to this from. Saving can only be done long term if the monetary supply is stable, which in inflationary times it is not. So with that said, we will continue this topic or continue. I'll see you all next week. You know what I mean. Good luck out there.